Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Davey Hudson alongside former Titan Denard Walker, and I'm just going to lay it out. We have a jam-packed show for you today. In full disclosure, we are recording this on Tuesday, July 28th at approximately 7 p.m. Eastern Time. So things might have changed by the time you hear this, but again, a lot has taken place. I got five things you need to know that have happened for the Titans this week. Really, there's more than that, but we're going to get into all the latest news as players are starting to opt out of playing this season due to COVID. We have the Titans reporting to training camp. We have roster moves that are taking place. There's just a lot to unpack. But before we get into that, I'd first like to say, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on social media platforms. And hey, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. But I ask it every week. Do you believe? So as I said, we got a lot to get into, so I'm just going to go ahead and jump in. Number five on the list of the things you know that has happened for the Titans over the course of the last week. Number five on the list. The Titans have come to terms with second-round defensive back Christian Fulton out of LSU and third-round pick running back Darrington Evans out of Appalachian State. The only player left from the Titans draft class that has yet to sign their contract is first-round pick Isaiah Wilson. As it relates to Isaiah Wilson, though, earlier today, he was placed on the reserve COVID list. Coach Frabel revealed that information to the media earlier today. So what that means for him to land on that reserve COVID-19 list, he has either contracted the virus or had contact with someone who did. So we don't know exactly which at this point in time, but as teams, specifically the Titans, are reporting to training camp, they are going to be testing. They're going to be testing a lot to abide by the NFL policies that are being put in place to try to play during this pandemic. We should hear more about that as it unfolds, but Isaiah Wilson going to have to quarantine for a bit, have to take some more tests before he is able to get out there. Number four, the Titans roster currently sets at 77 players. They've waived a lot over the last couple of days. Just to give you a rundown of some of the players the Titans no longer have on the roster, the Titans have waived defensive lineman Amani Bledsoe, linebacker Nigel Harris, tight end Cole Herdman, receiver Travion Thompson. They've also released veteran guard Zach Kieran, who they signed earlier this offseason. They waived running back Sean Wilson, and earlier today they released outside linebacker Jordan Williams. Number three on the list, Titans undrafted free agent Anthony McKinney will become the first player of the Titans organization to opt out of the 2020 season. There have been numerous reports going around today of players beginning to opt out. The NFL has given players till August the 3rd to state whether or not they plan on playing this season. They have the right to opt out due to COVID-19, but we will see if any other players decide to follow in McKinney's footsteps and not play this season. Coach Frabel was asked about any other players that, that might be opting out this year, and as of right now, he does not expect any other players, but again, that could change. 
Number two on the list, edge rusher Vic Beasley did not report to training camp today. To be honest, not a whole lot of information just came out on that situation right now. Beasley, big-time acquisition for the Titans during free agency this year, hopefully to add a much-needed presence at the edge rusher position. So we will see what happens there. But in addition, linebacker Jayon Brown and wide receiver Corey Davis were placed on the physically unable to perform list, aka the pup list. Still waiting to gather information on that as well. We will keep you posted. And number one on the list, Clowny Watch. Yeah. So, again, not a whole lot to report on other than Coach Vrabel did say that Jadavion Clowney is not scheduled to come into Nashville for a physical with the team yet. Hopefully, that is something that they get on the books here soon. But the wait will continue. And those were the five things you know that have happened for the Titans over the course of the last week. Denard and I will go ahead and dive into everything that has been going on. Denard, I'm just going to go ahead and, and just throw it to you for your opinion. Seeing everything happening with players opting out, players showing up and testing for COVID, which there's going to be a lot more tests over the next several days. And as we continue to get into training camp, what are your initial thoughts over everything you have seen so far? Well, as I alluded to earlier about two podcasts ago, I said, what? Expect the unexpected. You don't know what you're going to get. And the closer we get to training camp, there's going to be a lot of issues that will basically come up or surface because of COVID-19. Now we're looking at all the big time players that are opting out because they realize how severe this this uh, COVID-19 is. And this is something possibly that could be a life-threatening uh, illness. So a lot of guys are not playing with your health. Your health is your wealth. And a lot of guys are saying, listen, there's no amount of money right now that you can give me that will put me on the field and potentially I can be exposed to something that can actually put me down. So I can't fault those guys at all. Being a former player, knowing the risk that we put ourselves uh, in every day, every Sunday, every Monday, we know there's a risk. The question that I had for you earlier, we talked about this. I said, is the risk bigger than the reward? Or is the reward bigger than the risk? No matter how you put it, you have to answer that question to yourself. And we see a lot of big-time players, especially New England, half of their core guys, <laughs> they done opted out. <laughs> they said, listen, this is not worth it. So you're seeing a lot of guys saying, listen, my health is just its a lot more important than a game right now. There's definitely situations where people, based off their certain circumstances, health is a reason, whether it's for them or a family member. I know a couple of guys had just... Their wife had just had a child, and so having a new baby in the house, that's one thing. The first name to, to come out as far as not playing this year was Kansas City Chiefs guard Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, and he's actually, he has his medical degree. And yes. so he, first one to opt out, but he's going to stay up in Canada and continue to work in the medical field on the front lines fighting against COVID-19. Now, some of the other guys, you've seen players like DeAnthony Thomas, who was the primary returner in Baltimore last year, look at his situation and some of these guys they've not listed any situation as it relates to uh, a health matter but from a financial standpoint as well so like DeAnthony Thomas he's only guaranteed $25,000 that's if he doesn't get cut before training camp starts but if he goes ahead and he opts out now he's guaranteed $150,000 salary advance yeah there's there's nothing wrong with that because he's going to get compensated anyway yeah the way that I look at it like this, the, the big name that came to me was Mark, Marquise Goodwin. The reason that his name surfaced in my head is because he's from my hometown. We basically grew up about five minutes apart. But I think he, his wife just had a baby. So that's something that he had to take in consideration. That was his main reason. Yeah, the yeah. main reason. But I think about 
Michael Pierce from the Vikings. What a big name from the safety, Patrick Chung, Pro Bowl player. Well, you think about Eddie Goldman for the Bears. You're naming these names. You mentioned Patrick Chung. The New England Patriots have had six players opt out so far. Six, I mean, well, look at this name, Dante Hightower. This is the captain of your defense. This yes. is really the pulse of your team opting out. So if you're looking at New England, first of all, you got Tom Brady who left. Ron Gorkowski retired. Now he's in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. Now you lose your best defensive player. So woo, if you're New England right now, I bet you you're panicking right now because you don't know what's going on with your team. You got six or seven guys right now that have opted out, and these are quality guys. Yeah. The question is, what happens next? Definitely the case. Another big name, defensive tackle for the Buffalo Bills, Star Latui. And just to kind of give a little bit more of a background on this situation, but Latui signed a five-year, $50 million deal with the Bills in 2018 and he's been a starting defensive tackle ever since. But one of his teammates came out and said, the reason a lot of players are opting out besides health reasons is if you have a lot of guaranteed money this year and the season is canceled, they risk losing a lot of that money. Yeah, well, there's a risk. Anytime you're going to opt out of something, just like in baseball, we saw a lot of guys say, listen, it's just not worth it. We see it in basketball. What happened? You've got a lot of star players that say, listen, Right now, the risk is too much. It's just too much for me to handle as, as a person, first and foremost, and as a player, second. And so, yeah, I think a lot of guys are saying, listen, the money is just not that important when it comes to my health. I might get compensated later on. This might be a disease that we probably can catch in the next six months. But what if we don't? And we've already seen where clubs, you, you look at college, when they started putting guys back into the offseason program, then all of those young men started contracting the virus. So the question is, is that in the NFL, this is the first time when you talk about training camp that they're getting guys basically together in a hole. So the question is, is that what do we do? You know, because you know that at some point somebody is going to get exposed at some point or another. The question is, is what we don't want to see is how detrimental to one's health that that disease can be if it does happen. If you're a player and you decide to opt out, you're just pushing your contract back one year. You're not really losing a year on your, your current contract. So that's a way in which a lot of players are like, all right, I'll be all right moving forward. I'll go ahead and do this. And like I mentioned with Star Latouille, if they do end up canceling the season, I risk losing a lot more money versus if I push my contract back one more year, I'm, I'm going to be fine in that regard. Now, the only Titans player, and I mentioned this in the top five things you need to know, to begin the show for the Tennessee Titans is offensive tackle Anthony McKinney. Now, McKinney, six foot seven, 316-pound lineman, and he signed with the Titans as an undrafted free agent after two seasons at TCU. He's a guy, honestly, doubtful that he was going to make the roster, but it's still it's something that uh, you got to take into account whenever you're looking at filling up the back end of your practice squad. Was he a guy that they were expecting to make that? They have also went ahead and confirmed that all preseason games are canceled. We kind of talked about that last week, Denard. We expected that to be the case. We now have an official ruling. So the first time we're seeing the Titans in action, it's going to be September the 14th, taking on the Broncos in Denver. It's going to be different for these guys to really not be able to be put into a game situation before they go out there and they're, they're playing their first game and over really for the Titans looking at nine months. It's something to definitely take into account for whenever you get out there and you're just getting guys tackled or hit for the first time by, by someone that's like not their own teammates because, I mean, Coach Frabel talked about today, he's not going to have his guys cut out the legs of other guys during training camp. Like you just, you don't take that risk with your own players. So how do you expect to see that kind of play out for the first time that the Titans are playing against an actual opponent without having any preseason games at all? Well, basically, like last week, I was contradicting myself. 
We talked about that earlier a few podcasts ago, and I said it was going to be real sloppy. Remember when I said that? Coming out the gate, look for a lot of sloppy play because guys haven't had a chance to gel. They haven't had a chance to develop a lot of continuity among one another. And then last week I came back and said I was watching YouTube and I'm watching how all of these guys are working. And I said, you know what? Because they are pros, don't worry about it. They're going to come out the gate, you know, running, you know, 100 miles an hour. Now I'm going to go back and I'm going to contradict myself again, which is what you're taught not to do. In the, <laughs> I don't care what public or private education uh, degree or whatever you have. It's going to be sloppy at first. And I can tell people that because guys are going to have to learn to adjust to what's going on. And when they come out of the gate on September the 4th down in September the 14th uh, in Denver, Colorado, it's not going to look pretty both for Denver and for Tennessee because this is going to be the first time that they're going to get some live action. Now, preseason for most guys, they don't want it. Your stars really don't play, but it's the practice reps that you just can't really simulate. You need to get those practice reps. And if you get in those practice reps, I think you should be good. But I see the first two or three games being a little sloppy until they can get adjusted to the speed of the game. Look for God, look for the, look for play. It's not going to be up to certain NFL standards week one to three. You got to give those guys some times to get hit. You're going to see a lot of missed tackles, you know, on the defensive side, because when you go into training camp, a lot of times coaches don't want to hit. That's something that they don't want to do because they know that they're putting guys at risk of getting hurt. And that's the last thing you want coming out of training camp is a banged up secondary, a banged up linebacker core, a banged up line. You don't want that. And the way that you do that to combat that is not necessarily hitting all the time. I've seen teams, I've been on teams that have done that in training camp and they come into the season and they're beat up already. And that's the last thing that a coach wants. So I can tell people right now, football is still going to be football. Even on the collegiate level, it's just going to be a little sloppy play until guys can get acclimated to what's going on around them. Denard, the other big news that has come out at least earlier today, and again, this we're still waiting on reports to surface as far as more information, but free agent acquisition Vic Beasley did not report to training camp today. And right now there's not been any reasoning as to why he was not there. No one has been able to get a comment from him. Is that something... Titans fans should be worried about, not worried about. What, what's your take on that? No, no. Uh, usually if there was a big deal, then a coach will address it. This is probably an issue. It's not even an issue. Right now when guys, they don't necessarily report the training camp on, let's say what's training camp start today? Today. July 28th. So listen, it's probably a family situation. He probably has something come up that he needed to deal with. So when he comes back, when he comes into training camp, it's not a distraction. So Vic Beasley's situation, a lot of guys do that. They don't necessarily report on time. And not to mention half of the teams today, they're basically just going to be taking physicals and things like that. They're not going to be uh, on the field. So this is not a situation. And this is probably something that Coach Vrabel and Vic, they've already talked about that, you know, let's go ahead and get whatever it is that you got going on, get that resolved. So when you come into camp, basically you're just focused on getting ready for the season. Yeah, right now, I don't believe the Titans are actually going to be taking to the field at least for another week. Right now, it's mostly just testing players for COVID and trying to adjust to the new requirements that have been put in for the different facilities and just getting everyone on the same page there. I I did have an update. This was kind of mentioned back in June. I don't really think we talked about it. And Denard, I know you've kind of given your take on this before as it relates to 
really having a defensive coordinator, and we know that Dean Pease has retired after this past season, and Coach Frabel did not name a defensive coordinator. He said that a lot of guys would be sharing duties amongst that grouping of, of coaches, but he did say today that outside linebackers coach Shane Bowen would be kind of having a more hands-on approach if Coach Frabel is having to step away from being with the defense during a huddle or, or something along those lines. Well, Coach Vrabel is a defensive-minded coach. That's why they brought him to Tennessee, first of all. So, you know, he comes from that Bill Belichick uh, scheme where basically everybody knows that even though in New England you have a defensive coordinator with that title, you know ultimately that Bill Belichick is the one that has the bigger say-so as to what's going on that defense. It's the same thing here at Tennessee. Mike knows the defense well. He called it in Houston. He had a great run down there as a defensive coordinator, uh, linebacker coach, you name it. Mike can absolutely coach with the best of them. So, yeah, he's going to have a say-so. And what you don't want a lot of times is you don't want one coach tending to one side of the ball and basically neglecting the other. That's what he's saying about stepping away is that his job is to make sure he's managing the overall picture of the bigger picture, and that's the team. But a lot of times in New England, you have Bill Belichick. Uh, Mike Tomlin was a defensive coordinator before he came to Pittsburgh. Yeah, you may have somebody that have that title, but you have a coach that has a lot of say-so as to what's going on or what's going to be called. So, yeah, every coach, they have a, a part to play in a defense, the secondary coach, the linebacker coach, the defense end coach. That's why you pay these guys so much is that they're implementing a game plan as well as what they feel like what will give them the best chance to win on the defensive side of the ball. So Coach Brable or the defensive coordinator doesn't have to make uh, – he's got to make all of the decisions. So that's how it works when you get into an NFL program like Jared Gray. You know, even though Greg Williams was the coordinator, a lot of what was going on in the back half is what schemes or what, you know, coverages or what zone dogs or what blitzes that we're going to run. That came from Jerry. They worked together. They collaborated. So – Greg doesn't have to carry the burden on his back. And that's what you're going to see with Coach Brable. He's going to lean on the, the, the linebackers coach. He's going to lean on the, the line coach. He's going to lean on the secondary coach where all of them can play a bigger role in making sure that defense plays solid and up to par and they can, have, they can put together a good 2020 campaign. Whenever you're looking at the second half of last season for Coach Brable, I thought he did a lot better job compared to his first year at Tennessee and then really the first several games of the 2019 campaign because my biggest issue was clock management type situations. I still to this day, there's several questionable decisions he made as it related to, we'll say, going for it versus taking a field goal whenever the score was, all right, you take a field goal right here, you're guaranteed up three scores and the team's not coming back at that point. So that has just been my biggest hesitation about him trying to handle more from just one side of the ball versus taking a step back and handling that CEO type role and just being completely in on what is exactly happening from a clock management situation. I feel like after the second half of last season, they're in good hands and they're going to be able to figure it out. That's one of my concerns, and I hope they don't slip back into that situation where Coach Frabel is too hands-on with the defense, not paying attention to something that is a a critical moment and there's a lapse in judgment because of his hands-on approach for the defense. No, there won't be a relapse because they realize that the key to success is what happened going down the stretch. So what you do as a coach and as a staff is that you build on the second phase of the second half of the season, the way they played last year when they made the run towards the Super Bowl. So they realize that they had a lot of hiccups in the first part of the season. All coaches go through that. That's, you know, the game of football is like ebbs and flows, even with coaches. 
you know, they're trying to get acclimated too. They're trying to figure out the DNA of the team. They're trying to figure out, you know, what gives us the best chance to win on a Sunday or a Monday or a Thursday, you know, whenever the game is played. So they make adjustments every week. They, they grade themselves. You know, a lot of times a coach will tell you that I wish I could have gone back and, and made this call rather than to make that call. You know, that's what coaching is about. It's just about evolving. It's about getting better each week. We see that with New England. We see that with teams that are making a run down the stretch. We saw that with Kansas City, you know, and that's what they're going to do. That's why I said before, I think, yeah, the second phase of the season, he did a great job. So what they're going to do is they're going to build off of that second part of the season. And that's what they're going to try to carry into the 2020 season. That's why I said this team, if they build off of what happened, what they did last year, whoo, man, I'm telling you the sky's the limit for this football team in 2020. Yeah, right now it looks as though the Titans are returning 19 starters from the offensive and defensive side of the ball. And Denard, my question for you, I don't know if you saw this, but I guess Sunday night the NFL Network has put out there, they've been doing this for a couple of years now, but the top 100 NFL players of last season as voted on by the players. Right now they have gone through 100 through 41. And in that list, I'm just going to, the Titans have had three players so far. Two of them are on the defensive side of the ball. Now, the thing is, those two players are no longer going to be on the Titans roster. You had defense tackle Jarrell Casey, who is now with the Denver Broncos, come in at, I believe, 71. And in 2019, he was ranked 92nd. So he managed to come up on that list. And then if you keep going and, and, and scrolling through there, Logan Ryan actually was able to really make his way fairly high up on the list. He came in, came in at number 60. Uh, he was not ranked the year before. I know this is voted on by the players, but obviously Titans fans are familiar with those names. Those are two guys that had a very big impact last year. What do the Titans do whenever it comes to replacing that productivity for this coming season? Well, that's why you went out. That's that's why I tell people all the time, that's why you have a draft. Free agency being what it is today, don't get used to seeing the same guys in the same uniform for that long period of time. You just don't see it, especially the way that the CBA is now, the way contracts are structured, you might have a guy for two games and then he's traded. 20 years ago, you didn't see that. If a guy was on that team, the start of training camp, typically you're going to see that guy. Usually for most guys, you're going to see a guy for somewhere between two and four years. But the way free agency is today, you might see a guy one or two games and he's gone. That's just the way it is. So again, you go through the draft, you basically, that's, that's why you went out, you got a guy like Murchison. You went out and got a great cornerback out of LSU. You know, for, you, you got some really great pieces. That's why there's a draft every year. A draft basically is to replace the guys that left. So as you filter guys out, you got to filter guys in. And that's the way it just works. And so now you talk about Murchison coming in. Again, what a wonderful opportunity for him. Again, we talk about the secondary. I mean, you go out and get a guy like Jonathan Joseph. What a great opportunity for him to basically, you know, say, listen, I'm not finished. Yeah, I got 10, 12, 14 years underneath my belt, but listen, I still can play. So it's it's a great opportunity uh, for him to come in and make his mark. You know, he's had a great career so far. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, listen, guys will be, they'll come in and guys will leave. I say that all the time. We look at Marcus Mariota. I think a lot of people were anticipating him being the quarterback of the future here. You know, at least I did. I thought he was going to be like Steve McNair. He's going to play 10 plus years, leave his mark, 
have a great career, have his name on the rafter, Marcus Mariota, and then boom, you know, he's gone. Just like that, now he's in Las Vegas. So you never know with the NFL. That's why they always tell people, a three-letter uh, acronym, NFL, stands for not for long. That's just the way this business works. I know I mentioned that there were three names for the Titans that made the top 100 so far. The other guy on the list, Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill. He was able to come in at 68th on the list. It's also his first time making that list. There are still 40 names yet to be unveiled. I feel like one of them is an easy one as to who we could guess is going to be in the top 40 as far as former players on the Titans roster this past season. And that's Derrick Henry. Very interested to see where the players rank him amongst the other elites currently in the league. We know Derrick's going to be there, but to see if another Titan will make that list is something that I think a lot of people are kind of holding out to see. They ended the list at 41 yesterday whenever they were tweeting these out and they, they put out the show. At number 41, that goes to outside linebacker Jadavion Clowney. So there's a chance. I know I've been pretty pretty headstrong that he'll be a Titan when all is said and done that He's there, so that that could be another guy to uh, add to the Titans players on that list. He has not yet scheduled a physical to come into Nashville, and we're just kind of waiting. And at this point, I mean, Denard, if you kind of had to put a just a timeline on it with Davion Clowney and just making a decision, no matter who he decides to play for, when do you expect to see him sign with a team? It's going to be soon. Again, when guys are holding out a lot of time in free agency, what they're doing is they're trying to make sure that they make the right decision for them. Jadavion right now knows that more than likely I'm not going to get a long-term deal. What I'm looking for is some guaranteed money. I'm going to see which business owner is going to offer me that. Now, if that's Tennessee, they give me the best option, then he's probably going to take it, of course. But right now, he's probably going to be working on a one-year deal. I'm not mad at him. Most guys will try to hold out as long as they can so they don't have to necessarily go through camp. And But I, I'm anticipating him signing within the next – it could be in the next few weeks because he knows there's a lot of work that he needs to get in, get done. So I'm, I'm anticipating, just like I said with the rookies, they will be signing these guys at the start of training camp. Jadavion Clowney more than likely will be signing with somebody in the next week or so. I hope that's the case. Like it, It's one of those things. It's just gotten to the point where I just want closure one way or another. I mean, obviously, I'd love to see him come to the Titans and, and help out on the outside here. I, I do think his agent, if his agent's smart, which I'm, I'm sure he is. I mean, these guys aren't no. able to, to get these top players by being stupid. Right. But as we continue to see guys opt out this season, if you're talking about just a one-year deal, and if, if there's a, a really high-quality team that's, like, oh, man, we just lost a pretty good edge rusher. We need somebody to come in, and the cap space allows for it. There might be a team that was not expecting to be in the clowny race come out last minute and be able to vie for his services. But at least for the Titans, they still have plenty of room in the cap, so they can go out and they can pay him a lot of money, even though they John Robinson's going to be the type of guy. He's going to be smart. He's not going to overpay him. No, don't over. Yeah, don't overpay. But what you want to do is you want to make sure that what you get you get something out of it. You know, you want production. You want, first of all, whoever you do decide to bring in, if you decide to make that move, you want that individual to know that he's the missing piece and or he's an addition to this puzzle in getting us where we want to initially be when it's all said and done. So, yeah, it's it's a risk. 
but it's also can be a big reward. I've always said those are the two words that I use when describing the National Football League because we've seen guys that sign these billion-dollar deals like Nick Foles, and you, there's all this excitement in Jacksonville, and then boom, it blows up. And then now you're looking to either get people out or, or place the blame or point the finger. We see this all the time. We see it in Chicago right now with the Mitchell Trubisky situation. Two years ago, we was, uh, we was getting ready to christen him as the greatest quarterback ever. You know, now look at what's going on. You bring in Nick Foles, you know, all of a sudden now there's a quarterback dilemma in Chicago. So the thing about general managers, general managers is what they're trying to do is make sure that when we do make a move, that we make a move for the betterment of our team, for the betterment of every single guy in that locker room, um, everybody, in the front office because everybody plays a role in making if it's a losing season a lot of times it's because people have made some bad decisions in the uh, front office so they got to make sure that when they do make this move they they do it the right way and that's the key there's going to be a lot to keep an eye on i mean we had just a ton of news get dropped today and as players continue to kind of come into training camp and they talk they still have till august the third to make their decision on whether or not they want to opt out for this season We'll keep you posted. We'll be back here next Tuesday to break it all down, let you know what all is happening for Titans players as they try to shape that roster, get it down to the 53-man limit, and then add to the practice squad. Denard, I hate that we're not going to have preseason games to break down this year as we kind of look at some of these guys that are going to be fighting for a spot, and they're going to be in some battles. But even though we don't get that, I'll definitely sacrifice it if it means that I can at least get the beginning of the 2020 football season. So Denard and I will be here to keep you posted on everything that happens there. And Narn, I'll let you leave this. Like, what, I guess, over the course of the next week are you really excited to see or just wanting to keep an eye on? Opting out. <laughs> and that's where it's at. Okay. That's going to be the big, I'm telling you right now, the biggest question mark right now is August the 3rd, how many guys will opt out? How many guys going into camp starting today, even with all of the protocols and all of the safety procedures that guys and staffs, they got to follow, I'm anxious to see how many guys are going to say, listen, it's not worth it. We see it in the, we, we saw what happened in the NBA. We saw a lot of guys saying, listen, it's just not worth it. We saw it in baseball. Guys just saying, listen, I love this game, but it's not worth me dying for. And that's the biggest question mark that a lot of guys are going to be asking themselves over this next week or so, because they know they got to August the 3rd is, am I going to opt out? Do I really want to put myself at risk? Because again, with all of the safety measurements that they have to protect guys, you're going to have to get out there and it's going to get physical. There's going to be a lot of whatever it is, you know, stuff going on on that field that is uncontrollable. You cannot control everything that goes on that field. So, again, that's going to be the biggest question, Marcus. How many guys opt out and then guys are going to say, is it worth it or not? Again, there's two words, risk and reward, that each guy is going to have to ask himself. Uh, in these next three or four days. Well, we'll be here next week to break it all down for you. It's a lot, man. I, I, I mean, but hey, sports are, sports are back to some capacity, and I am happy about that as we try to get back to some form of normalcy. But that is going to do it for us today. For Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson. You've been listening to Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, tighten up. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.